Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Time of the gentlelady has expired. The gentlelady from Washington. Can, can Mr. Mueller no. answer the question? No, no, we're running short on time. I said the gentlelady from Washington. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. What starts here changes the world. Well, I've got to admit, I kind of like it. What starts here changes the world. We are the music makers, and we are the dreamers of dreams. The average American will meet 10,000 people in their lifetime. I was handcuffed to another man from another tribe whose language I did not speak. Don't think. But if every one of you changed the lives of just 10 people, and each one of those people changed the lives of another 10 people, and another 10... We did not know each other, and we could not speak to each other, because if we could have spoken to each other, we might have been able to figure out what was happening to us. To every politician who is taking donations from the NRA, I believed them when they said they were sleeping on concrete floors. I believed them. Children were being separated from their parents in front of an American flag. I believe them. And you can change the entire population of the world, eight billion people. And if we could have figured out what was happening to us, we might have been able to prevent it. If you think it's hard to change the lives of 10 people, change, change their, their lives, lives forever. forever. Well, it didn't happen, and here we are. I believe these women. You're wrong. I feel extremely lucky to, to be here with all of you fighting for justice, for equality, for the right for us to equally exist in this country. There were 329 uprisings, 257 cities within four and a half years. And neither Martin nor Fannie had any control over that. We might be headed to the promised land of speaking the truth and fighting our external liberty once we internally liberate ourselves. But their children were saved and their children's children. Generations were saved by one decision, one person. But changing the world can happen anywhere and anyone can do it. So what starts here can indeed change the world. But the question is, what will the world look like after you change it? Welcome to Public Access America. Make a stand. I know I did. Thank you very much. And may God bless us. And may God bless us. Thank you. Director Mueller, let's turn to the fifth of the obstruction episodes in your report, and that is the evidence of whether President Trump engaged in witness tampering with Trump campaign chairman Paul Manafort, whose foreign ties were critical to your investigation into Russia's interference in our elections. And this is, starts at volume two, page 123. Your office got indictments against Manafort and Trump deputy campaign manager Rick Gates in two different jurisdictions, correct? Correct. And your office found that after a grand jury indicted them, Manafort told Gates not to plead guilty to any charges because, quote, he had talked to the president, president's personal counsel, and they were going to take care of us. Is that correct? That's accurate. And according to your report, one day after Manafort's conviction on eight felony charges, quote, the president said that flipping was not fair and almost ought to be outlawed. Is that correct? I'm aware of that. In this context, Director Mueller, what does it mean to flip? Have somebody cooperate in a criminal investigation. And how essential is that cooperation to any efforts to combat crime? Well, I'm not going to go beyond that, characterizing that Thank effort. Thank you. 
In your report, you concluded that President Trump and his personal counsel, Rudy Giuliani, quote, made repeated statements suggesting that a pardon was a possibility for Manafort, while also making it clear that the president did not want Manafort to flip and cooperate with the government, end quote. Is that correct? Correct. And as you stated earlier, witness tampering can be shown where someone with an improper motive encourages another person not to cooperate with law enforcement. Is that correct? Correct. Now, on page 123 of volume two, you also discuss the president's motive. And you say that as court proceedings move forward against Manafort, President Trump, quote, discussed with aides whether and in what way Manafort might be cooperating and whether Manafort knew any information that would be harmful to the president, end quote. Is that correct? And that was a quote from? From page 123, volume two. I have it, thank you, yes. And when someone tries to stop another person from working with law enforcement and they do it because they're worried about what that person will say, it seems clear from what you wrote that this is a classic definition of witness tampering. Now, Mr. Manafort did eventually decide to cooperate with your office and he entered into a plea agreement, but then he broke that agreement. Can you describe what he did that caused you to tell the court that the agreement was off? I'd refer you to the uh, court proceedings on that issue. So in page one, on page 127 of volume two, you told the court that Mr. Manafort lied about a number of matters that were material to the investigation, and you said that the Manafort's lawyers also, quote, regularly briefed the president's lawyers on topics discussed and the information that Manafort had provided in interviews with the special counsel's office. Does that sound right? And the source of that is? That's page 127, volume two. That's a direct quote. If it's from the report, yes, I support you. it. And two days after you told the court that Manafort broke his plea agreement by lying repeatedly, did President Trump tell the press that Mr. Manafort was, quote, very brave because he did not flip? This is page 128 of volume two. If it's in the report, I support it as it is, uh, as it is set forth. Thank you. Director Mueller, in your report, you make a very serious conclusion about the evidence regarding the president's involvement with the Manafort criminal proceedings. Let me read to you from your report. Evidence concerning the president's conduct toward Manafort indicates that the president intended to encourage Manafort to not cooperate with the government. It is clear that the president both publicly and privately discouraged Mr. Manafort's cooperation or flipping while also dangling the promise of a pardon if he stayed loyal and did not share what he knew about the president. Anyone else who did these things would be prosecuted for them. We must ensure that no one is above the law. And I thank you for being here, Director Mueller. Yield back. Gentleman from Pennsylvania. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Mr. Mueller. Mr. Mueller, I'm over here. I'm sorry. Mr. Mueller, are you familiar with the now expired independent counsel statute? It's the statute under which Ken Starr was appointed. Uh, that uh, Ken Starr did what? I'm sorry. Are you familiar with the independent counsel statute? Are you talking about the one that op we operating under now or a previous? No, under which Ken Starr was appointed. I am not that familiar with that, but okay. I'd be happy to take your question. Well, the Clinton administration allowed the independent counsel statute to expire after Ken Starr's investigation. The final report requirement was a major reason why the statute was allowed to expire. <clears throat> Even President Clinton's AG, Janet Reno, expressed concerns about the final report requirement. And I'll quote AG Reno. She said, on one hand, the American people have an interest in knowing the outcome of an investigation of their highest officials. On the other hand, the report requirement cuts against many of the most basic traditions 
and practices of American law enforcement. Under our system, we presume innocence and we value privacy. We believe that information obtained during a criminal investigation should, in most cases, be made public only if there is an indictment and prosecution, not in a lengthy and detailed report filed after a decision had, has been made not to prosecute. The final report provides a forum for unfairly airing a target's dirty laundry, and it also creates yet another incentive for an independent counsel to over-investigate in order to justify his or her tenure and to avoid criticism that the independent counsel may have left a stone unturned. Again, Mr. Mueller, those are A.G. Reno's words. Didn't you do exactly what A.G. Reno feared? Didn't you publish a lengthy report unfairly airing the target's dirty laundry without recommending charges? Uh, I, I disagree with that. Okay. Did and any, I, did any, did any I, of your witnesses have the chance to be cross-examined? Can I just finish my answer on that? Quickly. My I operate under the current statute, not the original okay. statute. Did, so and, I am and, most familiar with the current statute, not the older okay. statute. Did any of the witnesses have a chance to be cross-examined? Did any of the witnesses in our investigation? Yes. I'm not going to answer that. Okay. Did you allow the people mentioned in your report to challenge how they were characterized? I'm not going to get into, uh, 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 okay. into that. Okay. Given that A.G. Barr stated multiple times during his confirmation hearing that he would make as much of your report public as possible, did you write your report knowing that it would likely be shared with the public? No. Did knowing that the report could and likely would be made public, did that alter the contents which you included? I can't speak to that. Despite the ex expectations that your report would be released to the public, you left out significant exculpatory evidence. In other words, evidence favorable to the president, correct? Well, I actually dis would disagree with you. I think we strove to put, put into the report I think exculp my, exculpatory my, 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 evidence as well. I got into that with you, where you said there was, you said there was evidence you left out. Well, you, know, you make a choice as to what goes into a, okay. a isn't it, isn't an it indictment. True? Mr. Mueller, isn't it true that on page one of volume two, you state, when you're quoting the statute, that you had an obligation to either prosecute or not prosecute? Well, generally that is the case. Right. Uh, although most cases are not uh, right. done in the context of uh, uh, the president. And in this case, you made a decision not to prosecute, correct? No, we made a decision not to decide whether to prosecute or not. So, so essentially what your report did was everything that A.G. Reno warned against. I can't uh, agree with that characterization. Okay. Well, well, what you did is you compiled a nearly 450, you compiled nearly 450 pages of the very worst information you gathered against the target of your investigation, who happens to be the President of the United States. And you did this knowing that you were not going to recommend charges and that the report would be made public. Not true. Mr. Mr. Mueller, as a former officer in the United States JAG Corps, I prosecuted nearly 100 terrorists in a Baghdad courtroom. I cross-examined the butcher of Fallujah in defense of our Navy SEALs. As a civilian, I was elected a magisterial district judge in Pennsylvania, so I'm very well-versed in the American legal system. The drafting and the publication of some of the information in this report, without an indictment, without prosecution, frankly flies in the face of American justice. And I find those facts in this entire process Un-American. I yield the remainder of my time to my colleague, Jim Jordan. Uh, Mr. Uh, Director Mueller, the third FISA renewal happens a month after your name, special counsel. What role did your office play in the third FISA renewal? 
of Carter okay. Page. Now I can talk to that. Time of the gentleman has expired. The gentlelady from Florida. Director Mueller, a couple of my colleagues right here wanted to talk to you or ask you about lies. So let's talk about lies. According to your report, page 9, volume 1, witnesses lied to your office and to Congress. Those lies materially impaired the investigation of Russia interference, according to your report. Other than the individuals who pled guilty to crimes based on their lying to you and your team, did other witnesses lie to you? I think there are probably a spectrum of witnesses uh, in terms of uh, those who uh, are not telling the full truth and those are outright liars. Thank you very much. Outright liars. It is fair to say then that there were limits on what evidence was available to your investigation of both Russia election interference and obstruction of justice. That's true and it's usually the case. And that lies by Trump campaign officials and administration officials impeded your investigation. Uh, I would generally agree with that. Thank you so much, Director Mueller. You will be hearing more from me in the next hearing, so I yield the balance of my time to Mr. Correa. Thank you. Mr. Mueller, first of all, let me welcome you. Thank you for your service to our country. You're a hero, Vietnam War vet, wounded war vet. We won't forget your service to our country. Thank you, sir. I may begin. Because of time limits, we have gone in depth on only five possible episodes of obstruction. There's, there's so much more. And I want to focus on, on another section of obstruction, which is the president's conduct concerning Michael Flynn, the president's national security advisor. In early 27, the White House counsel and the president were informed that Mr. Flynn had lied to government authorities about his communications with the Russian ambassador during the Trump campaign and transition. Is this correct? Correct. If a hostile nation knows that a US official has lied publicly, that can, that can be used to blackmail that government official, correct? I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna speak to that. I don't disagree with it necessarily, but uh, uh, I'm not gonna speak to any, any more to that issue. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, Flynn resigned on February 13, 2016. And the very next day, when the president was having lunch with New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, did the president say, open quotes, now that we fired Flynn, the Russia thing is over, close quote. Is that correct? Correct. And is it true that Christie responded by saying, open quotes, no way, and this Russia thing is far from over, close quote? That's the way we have it in the report. Thank you. And after the president met with Christie. Later that same, that same day, the president arranged to meet with then FBI Director James Comey, alone in the Oval Office, correct? Uh, correct, particularly if uh, you have the citation to the uh, report. Page 3940, Volume 2. Thank you very much. And according to Comey, the president told him, I hope, open quote, I hope you can see your way to clear to letting this thing go, to letting Flynn go. He's a good guy, and I hope you can let it go. Close quote. Page 40, volume two. Accurate. What did Comey understand the president to be asking? I'm, I'm not gonna get into what was in uh, Mr. Comey's mind. Comey understood this to be a direction because of the president's position and the circumstances of the one-to-one -one meeting. 
page 40, volume 2? Well, I understand uh, it's, it's in the report, and I support it uh, as, being in the, as being in the report. Thank you, sir. Even though the, pub, the president publicly denied telling Comey to drop the investigation, you found, open quote, substantial evidence corroborating Comey's account over the president's. Is this correct? That's correct. The president fired Comey on May 9th. Is that correct, sir? I believe that's the accurate date. That's page 77, volume 2. You found substantial evidence that the catalyst for the president's firing of Comey was Comey's, open quote, unwillingness to publicly state that the president was not personally under investigation. I'm not going to delve more into the details of what happened. Uh, if it's in the report, uh, then I'm supportive because it's already been reviewed and appropriately appears in the report. And that's page 75, volume two. Thank you. Thank you. And in fact, the very next day, the president told the Russian foreign minister, open quote, I just fired the head of the FBI. He was crazy, a real nut job. I faced great pressure because of Russia. That's taken off. I'm not under investigation, close quote. Is that correct? That's what was written, written in the time report, the, yes. Time of the gentleman has expired. Um, Thank you, sir. Gentleman from Virginia. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, Mr. Cohn, Mr. Muller. We've heard a lot about what you're not going to talk about today. So let's talk about something that you should be able to talk about, the law itself, the underlying obstruction statute, and your creative legal analysis of the statutes in volume two, particularly your interpretation of 18 U.S.C. 1512C. Section 1512C is an obstruction of justice statute created as part of auditing and financial regulations for public companies. And as you write on page 164 of volume two, this provision was added as a floor amendment in the Senate and explained as closing a certain loophole with respect to document shredding. And to read the statute, whoever corruptly alters, destroys, mutilates, or conceals a record, document, or other object, or attempts to do so with the intent to impair the object's integrity or availability for use in, in an official proceeding, or otherwise obstructs, influences, or impedes any official proceeding or attempts to do so, shall be fined under the statute or imprisoned not more than 20 years or both. Your analysis and application of the statute proposes to give Clause C-2 a much broader interpretation than commonly used. First, your analysis proposes to read Clause C-2 in isolation, reading it as a freestanding, all-encompassing provision, prohibiting any act influencing a proceeding if done with an improper motive. And second, your analysis of the statute to apply this sweeping pro proposes to apply this sweeping prohibition to lawful acts taken by public officials exercising their discretionary powers if those acts influence a proceeding. So, Mr. Muller, I'd ask you, in analyzing the obstruction, you state that you recognize that the Department of Justice and the courts have not definitively resolved these issues, correct? Correct. You'd agree that not everyone in the Justice Department agreed with your legal theory of the obstruction of justice statutes, uh, correct? I'm not going to uh, be involved in the discussion on, uh, on that at this juncture. In fact, the Attorney General himself disagrees with your interpretation of the law, correct? I leave that to the Attorney General to identify. And you would agree that prosecutors sometimes incorrectly apply the law, correct? I would have to agree with that one. Yes. And members of your legal team, in fact, have had convictions overturned because they were based on an incorrect legal theory, correct? I don't know to what you advert. We've all, who well, in time in the of, trenches trying cases, have not won every one of those cases. Well, let me ask you about one in particular. One of your top prosecutors, Andrew Weissman, obtained a conviction against auditing firm Arthur Anderson, lower court, 
which was subsequently overturned in a unanimous Supreme Court decision that rejected the legal theory advanced by Weissman, correct? Well, I, I'm not going to get in and delve into well, the... Let me read from that. Maybe it'll may, I just finish, may I just finish my yes. answer to say that I'm not going to be get involved in a discussion on that? I will refer you to that citation that you gave me at the outset for the lengthy discussion on just what you're talking about. And to the extent that I have anything to say about it, it is what we've already put into the uh, report on that and issue. And I am reading from your report uh, when discussing this section, and I'll read from the dis decision of the Supreme Court, unanimously reversing Mr. Weissman, uh, when he said, indeed, it's, it's striking how little culpability the instructions required. For example, the jury was told that even if Petitioner honestly and sincerely believed his conduct was lawful, the jury could convict. The instructions also diluted the meaning of corruptly such that it covered innocent conduct. Well, let, me, let me just say, put well, a word let for Let me move on. I have, I have limited time. Your report takes yeah, the broadest me, possible me. reading of this provision in applying it to the President's official acts, and I'm concerned about the implications of your theory for over-criminalizing conduct by public officials and private citizens alike. So to emphasize how broad your theory of liability is, I want to ask you about a few examples. On October 11th, 2015, during the FBI investigation into Hillary Clinton's use of a private email server, President Obama said, I don't think it posed a national security problem. And he later said, I can tell you that this is not a situation in which America's national security was endangered. Assuming for a moment that his comments did influence the investigation, couldn't President Obama be charged under your interpretation with obstruction of justice? Well, again, I refer you to uh, uh, the report, but let me say with Andrew Weissman, who is one of the more talented attorneys that we have and uh, have on board. Okay, uh, well, I'll is, take that over as a, a period of time. He has run a number of right. uh, units. Uh, I have very limited time. In August 2015, a very senior DOJ official called FBI Deputy Director Andrew McCabe, expressing concern that FBI agents were still openly pursuing the Clinton Foundation probe. The DOJ official was apparently very pissed off, quote unquote. McCabe questioned this official, asking, are you telling me I need to shut down a validly predicated investigation? To which the official replied, of course not. This seems to be a clear example of somebody within the executive branch attempting to influence an FBI investigation. So under your theory, uh, couldn't that person be charged with obstruction as long as a prosecutor could come up with a potentially corrupt, corrupt motive? I, I refer you to our lengthy dissertation on exactly those issues that appears in the, uh, at the end of the re report. Mr. Mueller, I'd argue that uh, it says above the Supreme Court, equal justice under law. I mean, the gentleman has expired. To those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek peace and security, we support you. Yes, we can. And to all those who have wondered if America's beacon still burns as bright, tonight we prove once more that the true strength of our nation comes not from the might of our arms or the scale of our wealth, but from the enduring power of our ideals, democracy, liberty, opportunity, and unyielding hope. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbow. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently for letting you, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. Can you believe that we're getting away with this? Yes, we can. What your country can do for you. I have a dream. Ask what you can do for your five poor little children. Yes, we can. tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. It ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward.
That's how winning is done. Welcome to Public Access America. Yes, we can. Now on Instagram and SoundCloud. He wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. On Twitter. Apple Podcasts for Stitcher Smart Radio. Potable and more. Yes, we can. Public Access America. History in the making. Making history in the making. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.